Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. A man and his family. How can a man of God best relate to his wife, his children, his parents, his siblings? We're going to interview men's ministry expert, Vince Dacchioli. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, as you know, we normally like to report the news, discern the spirits, and pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. But today we have a live celebrity guest in the studio with us. And of course, I'm talking about our longtime friend and returning guest of this program, Vince Dacchioli, who is a marriage and family men's ministry expert. He is the leader and founder of On Target Ministries, an author of many books, and today we are going to study. In fact, he's gonna lead us through some Bible verses specifically about how men can have great relationships, especially with their wives, with their children, their parents, their siblings. Vince Dacchioli, welcome back to the program. It is good to be with you, Gordon. And I, I'm remembering as you're introducing me, I'm remembering some of the other programs we've done together. And uh, I have had a lot of fun coming on here and talking about some really, really good stuff. But I want you to know, I want your, your viewers to know that I'm only a celebrity to my grandchildren. So uh, <coughs> we gotta correct that right only up Only a celebrity. Right up now, to my grandchildren. Dacchioli right? is a good Italian name. It is. I am uh, technically, ethnically advantaged is a politically correct term, by the way, for Italian. So everybody ethnically would know advantaged. that. So for you Italians out there, you are ethnically advantaged. And my usual uh, greeting is, how you doing? I mean, that's the only Italian I know. So I want to start with that. See, I'm Klingenschmidt. How would you say that in German? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to want to try. I, I, <laughs> no. I mean, I don't know that I don't know German, but I did marry a German. Okay. First person in the history of my family that wasn't Italian was Cindy, my wife. Congratulations. German. How yep. many years have you been married? 51 years. We started when we were three. And uh, so uh. that, that, account, that counts for why we look so good. But no, it's been 51 years this year. And uh, it's been just a, a wonderful, wonderful journey. And, and so that's why we came up with the idea a while back with our producer, Pat McGuire, to, uh, to do some curriculum that would include a man and his family. Because uh, as you know, today, the family has been completely redefined. And, uh, but there's a lot of help, in my view, that is needed with navigating in, more, in a more traditional nuclear family and that's the kind of stuff we really want to talk about. So describe your family. You have a couple of girls? Yes, I had two daughters and uh, between the two of them we have six grandchildren, four boys and two girls. And uh, we started out, I met Cindy when we were like uh, 15, 16 years old and we got married right out of high school and we had our girls early so we're, we're really benefiting uh, by being younger grandma and grandpas than uh, we would normally be had they got married later, which is what people are doing today. But there's an interesting study that was done, on a, just as an aside, that the people that uh, were married, stayed married the longest, tended to be those who, who married the youngest. And I got to thinking about that, and uh, I believe, my theory is that the reason that may be true is because when you're young and you get married, you're building your 
uh, habits together. You're, you don't have time to form habits apart from each other. The older you are when you get married or remarried, you've got baggage that you bring into the relationship. When you're young, you're kind of experiencing life together. And I think that makes some sense in, uh, in how you navigate. Uh, or it's that possible that young men are easily trainable and that older men, you know, my wife has got me pretty much whipped yes, into shape it, by it, this My point. wife would tell you it's taken 51 years to, <laughs> to get me to where I am today. But uh, no. I just had my good. 25th wedding anniversary, by the way. Oh, well, congratulations. Thank That's you. Wonderful. Thank we you. don't find that too much today. Well, I'm not an expert, but I'm half of what you are becoming, right? Yep, you Along are. You are. I, I say to some guys that are getting married, uh, they don't know what I mean. I say they, they say that marriage completes a man. I found that to be true. Once you're married, you're finished. You're finished. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, of course. But anyway, no, marriage is a wonderful thing, but it is, it is a challenge. I mean, because you're relating with another person, and the two greatest commandments come to play here. Yeah. Love the Lord your God and, and your neighbor as yourself. And what I've found in my life is that it's it's impossible to love your neighbor or your wife or your your family uh, the way God would unless you're first in love with Him. So well, you that's lead, the premise. You lead a men's ministry, and we're, we want to talk to especially to men today, whether yeah. they're fathers or brothers or sons. Right. Uh, but how can they best relate to the important nuclear family relationships? that they have, especially beginning with their wives. You have a scripture here from Ephesians? Yes, if we look at it in, in Ephesians, the famous uh, scripture in the NIV, it's, it's husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, if you really wanna unpack, we could put, do a whole show on just that one verse because how did Christ love the church? Well, there's a lot of ways he loved the church. He died for the church. And so I've yet to meet a woman when you list all the things that Christ did to serve his bride, by the way, the church, when you list all of those things I've, and you explain them to most women, I don't know any woman that wouldn't say, if I had a man that would do that, there's no way I wouldn't submit to that man. Because submission is a big issue in our world today. Nobody wants to submit to anything. And, but when you've got somebody that can really do this, can really love their wife the way Christ loved the church, uh, that is what really fulfills a woman. And what I say is that the role of a man in a relationship in a family uh, goes all the way back into the Old Testament where we talk about prophets, priests and kings. Uh, I like to say that uh, as a man, you need to become all three of those offices in your home. You need to become the family prophet, the family priest, and the family king. Now, those are the three major roles the three that godly men roles. played in the Old Testament. It's exactly right. So as you unpack those just quickly, what does it mean to be a family prophet? Well, the family prophet, uh, the way to view this is a prophet has his back to God and, and here's the idea, Gordon, your, your back is to God, you're hearing from God, and you're facing your family. So as a family uh, prophet, my role is to spend time with God, hear him, uh, pray for my family, and get wisdom from him, and then share that in turn with my family. That, 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 that doesn't mean that it's always going to be prophetic, but it also doesn't preclude that. But the role of a family prophet is my back to God facing my family. I represent God. 
to my family. I pass on biblical truths to my family. In other words, I become also the teacher. And this is an area, by the way, that most women would say, if I could only get my men to become the spiritual head of our home, that's what they're crying out for. Yeah. This is the kind of man I'm describing, the kind of man that spends time with God, comes back to the family and shares biblical truths. Women don't want to drag their husbands to church. They want their no, husbands to no, lead the that's family. That's exactly right. And so this kind of a man is an encourager to his family. And uh, no matter what that family is going through, no matter what the child may be going through, maybe it's something in their school that they're facing, this man is the man who is hearing from God and is able to apply biblical truth to the, to the life of his family members. Now that's different than priest. When I think of priest, I, was, I think of a Roman Catholic with a white collar and yeah. you're not talking about that kind of priest. No, no, the family priest, think of it, just flip it. The family priest now has his back to the family and he's facing God. So now what he's doing is he's representing the needs of his family to the Lord. He is going to the Lord and saying, Lord, my wife is, is struggling with this issue right now and I'm coming on her behalf and I'm praying. He's interceding for her or for children that are going through different stuff in their life. And he's praying for his family and bringing his family to the Lord. I believe that's something you need to do every day. It's kind of like as a man, I am now standing in the gap for my family. I'm representing my family to the Lord. That's the family priest. I pray for my family daily. This is extremely important. Uh, Gordon, I, I, we do a thing on grandfathering as well where we talk about this. It's important to bring all your family members before the Lord I believe every single day. It's like you need a family altar or a prayer closet or some yes. way where you can be in communion with God about your family. Exactly, and, and for those of you who are viewing right now, what I do, just to share what I do, I have a place in my home where I go to every day. And, and every morning I have a list of people that I go through and I know what their needs are. I've got one particular grandson, let's say, that may be struggling uh, in school. And so I will pray, I'll bring his need before God every single day. And you know, the thing is, when you're doing that, your family members feel it. They, they know you're serious and you're asking them questions. You're concerned, you're encouraging them. There's nothing that bonds a family together more than to know that Nana and Papa or, or, or Mom and Dad know what my needs are and they're representing them to the Lord. So uh, that's the next one. I'm discovering their needs and that, that means I've got to communicate with them and then I take those to the Lord and I do it every single Your day. Your grandchildren know that you're a man of prayer. Yes. Do you think that increases the odds of them becoming young men of prayer? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we model, you know, it's been said that you can teach what you know, but actually at the end of the day, you reproduce who you are. And right. just look at that as in terms of the, the, the fatherless issue in our culture today. The deep need for, for fathers who are great role models. You're a role model whether you want to be or not. If you're the man that's bringing drugs home and that, that, that's violent physically yeah. and cussing all the time in the home, you're modeling something. But if you're a godly man and you're in prayer, those kids remember that. It's like an anchor point in their life when tough times come. They say, you know what? My dad did this. I'm going to do this. And it's passed on. I remember Cindy's mom lived with us for years. Her name was Ada. She was a godly woman. And my, my rem remembering her, uh, I would walk by her room sometimes at night and sometimes it'd be very late and I'd see her silhouette 
there on the couch in the dark with her little fireplace going in prayer. She would be in prayer sometimes for our family for hours. Wow. And it was like, and so that really, really ministered to me. And God answered her prayers, made you part of what you are today. Exactly. Um, We're gonna take a short break. When we come back, Vince Dacchiel is gonna talk about the role of king. How can a man be the king of his castle? This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. How is your marriage doing? Ladies, would you like to learn how to get your husband to love you the way Christ loves the church? Men, would you like your wife to show proper respect? You know there's a Bible way to have a godly marriage? I'm not saying I'm the expert, but we interview in a four-part video teaching series a marriage and family ministry expert, Vince Dacchioli. And we go through the scriptures in four different parts. Part one is God's design for man and woman. Part two is godly roles for husband and wife. Three is sex and intimacy within godly marriage. And also God's plan for divorce. You wanna have this important four-part video series available for a suggested donation of $30 if you call our toll-free prayer line at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign an important online petition. Today, I want to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. I even demanded my own misdemeanor court-martial, and finally Congress agreed with me and reversed the bad Navy policy. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Let's take action today for religious freedom. Would you sign that petition with me? Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Please visit PrayInJesusName.org and sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by marriage and family ministry expert, Vince Dacchioli. Vince, talk about On Target Ministries and mention your website. Well, uh, we're a ministry that was founded in 1994 and we were right there in the early days of the men's ministry movement. And uh, primarily the ministry has been for men and later on we evolved into couples ministries. My wife and I do couples events all over North America. You started in Promise Keepers with Bill, Coach Bill McCartney? No, I actually wasn't a part of Promise Keepers, although I have spoken for them a number of times and Coach Mack is a, is a dear friend to this day. But uh, we're part of that wave of ministries that kind of uh, emerged back in the early, early 90s. And then most recently we've been doing seminars for senior pastors as well. But it's been primarily focused on men and more recently now we've been developing curriculum to help men grow and become disciples. And, and so actually that's a great prison outreach I've heard recently. Uh, our curriculum we have discovered is, uh, is very, very well received in the prison and the rescue mission environment. And we're very, very pleased about that. And people that. can donate or find you at what website? OTM for On Target Ministries, dot co. And it's very important, it's not dot com. 
uh, it's .co, so www.otm.co, and you can find all sorts of resources there. Uh, there are daily devotionals you can sign up for, and most of the stuff on the website are free. And any information you may need about us, you can find there. And I answer all my emails, by the way. So it's just Vince at otm.co. We'd love to hear from you. So before the break, we were talking about a godly man in, in context of his relationships with the rest of his family. Mm -hmm. He should be a prophet, which means that he faces his family and speaks to them words from God. Right. That he should be a priest, which means that he faces God and speaks prayers about his family right, exactly. to God. Right. And then there's this third idea, a man should be the king. Yes. What does that mean? Well, first of all, what you just recited, think about the order. It is the proper order. I mean, I, I am relating with God first so that I can relate his heart and his message to my family. And then I'm interceding for the people he's put in my life right back up to him and up to his throne, which is the proper way we should approach, be approaching our relationships with our family. The family king has to do more with um, being out in front, being the leader of my family. Uh, I am there to protect them, uh, to make sure I'm creating an environment for them that is safe, that, uh, that gets them their, their basic needs. I'm providing the security necessary for them to be able to thrive and to grow and to become the people that God intended for them to be. And I'm also there in this particular role to discipline them, to have boundaries. And by the way, in our culture today, discipline has become almost a dirty word. It's kind of like that you can do anything that you feel like doing. And, and this, this tremendous effort to try to not hurt anybody's feelings, which is ending up uh, causing people to become, uh, some people say, people that are wimpy and, 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 and really cannot pull up their bootstraps and, and, and get their life going in the right direction. Discipline helps focus people in the right direction. So applying discipline in our families is very, very important as well. So that's the role of a king. But it starts with self-discipline. Exactly. A man has got to know right from wrong according to the word of God and be able to control himself. That is exactly right. And so what happens is th there's probably not a man right now in the sound of my voice who is viewing this that would not agree that those are important roles for us to play. The problem in, in most family environments today is they, they can't seem to find the time or apply the discipline in their life to be able to do that. I remember years ago, the Lord really impacted me that I was not spending enough time with him. Uh, he very clearly spoke to me and said, Vince, I, I've given you a plan platform to speak my life and my love to other people. And you are not taking that seriously enough. I remember when he told me that. And that was a that that really communicated with me the need for me to spend more time with him so that I could adequately reflect his life and his heart to other people. That's what I mean by discipline. Disciplining yourself and then in turn disciplining your family members, particularly your children, and keeping them on the right course. How do, and forgive me, I don't have children, so I don't know enough about that. Maybe you can teach me something about the right or wrong way to discipline children or even grandchildren, I don't know. Well, when you're dealing with grandchildren, that's a whole other subject because we do a, a whole session on uh, godly grandfathering and that deals with the importance of knowing uh, how to have the right relationship with your own kids before 
you try to attempt to do any discipline with their kids. The, yeah. You've got to be on the same page, and that is a little bit more complicated. But with, with your own kids, I'm, if I'm speaking now to just fathers that have their own children in the home, it's very important to have rules and to have discipline. Uh, there's an old saying that behavior is determined by the consequences that follow it. In other words, if there are no consequences, then there's no need for a child to ever change their behavior. They'll do what they feel like doing. And of course, we all know that with children, the, the Proverbs talks about the foolishness of children. Uh, until they grow up, they don't, they're going to do whatever they want to do. Today, we're dealing with parenting that, in my view, is very dysfunctional. We'll say no to a child eight or ten times. And, uh, but there and won't be a consequence. There'll be no, the reason why you have to say it or ten times is because there's no consequence. I remember my daughter, I asked my daughter one time, I said, uh, you know, it, how many times did I had to say something to you when you were growing up? And, and she said, Dad, only once. And yet, yet it, was a, it was a lesson to her that, you know, how many times did you just have to say that to your own child? We're not passing on those kind of disciplines right. to our own children. So the result is that children are not... They're, they don't have that kind of discipline. And people don't understand that discipline is one of the major reasons why we have security. When you discipline a child, they actually feel more secure. But we think the opposite. We think they need to have their freedom. Well, freedom is really not freedom. Uh, and so discipline is a very, very important thing for us to understand. Somebody start. once used an analogy. They said, uh, raising a family is like tending a garden. If you neglect it, then it's gonna be filled with weeds. But the yeah. gardener is in there carefully pruning and making sure that it turns into a beautiful garden. Right, exactly, exactly. And it's very, very important that, that we remember these ideas. Um, in, in, in our um, dealing with men, uh, I unpack what I call three lies that men believe. Hold that, that thought. We're gonna take a short break, just one minute if we can, and then we will come back and he's gonna talk about three lies that men believe giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. You know, people ask me, Chaps, we're watching on this network. We've already set our DVR to record your shows, but our friends don't have this network, or maybe they can't watch at this time. Did you know we're on demand on 10 different platforms? You can tell your friends to find this show, PIJN News, on their Roku box or their Amazon Fire box. Just look under the religion or news categories. Or maybe you have a smartphone or your friends or grandchildren can find us on Android TV, Google TV, Smart TV, or iTunes. Of course, we're always on the internet. Look for us on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter. Or better yet, subscribe to our daily email alerts at PrayInJesusName.org. It's important that you share all of these available platforms with your friends so we can mobilize all of the body of Christ to pray the news and change the world. Would you join us? Visit PrayInJesusName.org to learn more. Stay tuned for the end of our show to learn how to partner with this ministry. Here's Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. We're gonna wrap up today's session. We'll have another one tomorrow with Vince Dacchioli, leader of on Target Ministries, otm.co is the website. What are the three lies that men believe? Well, we'll put them up on the screen for our viewers, but here, here they are. Uh, lie number one is that my work is a priority. Uh, success is important. And men really, when you buy into that lie, it, work becomes the priority, then your family feels that. I remember early on in my career, 
the reason why I had a, a little slower going up the ladder kind of a track is because my attitude was uh, I, I, I work to live, I don't live to work. And there's a big difference there. And many men today, because they're stuck in this success mode, uh, really put way too much, much priority in their work life. The, the lie number two is that money will solve all of my problems. And that's one of the reasons I buy into the lie number one is because I've got to work hard so I can produce the money. Maybe I want to retire early. And what we don't realize is the consequences that are distilled from that end up with the way our families sometimes become very dysfunctional because young boys and young girls didn't have the same kind of time, uh, quality time with their parents that they really deserve, which is lie number three. The amount of time I spend with my family is not as important as the quality of time. I've heard that over and over again. Well, you know, I'm not able to spend a lot of time with you, but uh, I got to make sure the time I am spending is quality. And I remember James Dobson, you're ago he had a great illustration he says imagine going into a restaurant and ordering from the from the waiter the finest piece of steak in the restaurant and the waiter comes out and he brings you a piece of steak that's about a one inch cube of meat and you look at him and you say sir this is he says this is the finest cut of steak money can buy it's not the quantity of the steak that's important <laughs> it's the quality of the steak how would you feel about that i'd be hungry you know, after that <laughs> you know we would never we would never buy that you know we wouldn't respond to that very well um, when I'm teaching on this stuff, oftentimes I'll turn to my audience and I'll say, how many of you have pictures in your wallet? And of course, they all, many of them will carry pictures in their wallet. Today, they, their pictures are all on their phone. Uh, yeah. You change the illustration. How many of you have pictures on your phone? And so I'd walk around and I'd say, I want to see some of your pictures. And they'd show them to me and typically be pictures of, uh, you know, their, uh, their mom, their dad, their children, because they're really proud of them. And they're, they're showing me pictures of their children, their pictures of maybe their car, their dog, uh, where they've been on vacation. I say, well, no, those are not the pictures I'm looking for. And I go from person to person until the audience gets frustrated with me. Dacioli, what are you looking for? So far, I have not seen the pictures I'm really looking for. And so finally, after they get very frustrated, I say, okay, how many, I need someone to show me a picture of your boss. And there's like a dead silence. And then people start to start to chuckle a little bit. You know, right. What do you mean a picture of your boss? Yeah, show me a picture of your boss. How many of you have a picture of your boss? Nobody. And of course, nobody. Right. And so my, here's my question. Uh, uh, are you spending... My dad, here's the thing. My dad passed away. And the not one person that he worked with attended his funeral. Oh, my gosh. Yet sitting in the front row was the woman he'd been ignoring for 25 years, crying oh uncontrollably. Oh my gosh. That was in my family. Are you spending time with the, with the people that you're representing that you feel are important in your life or are you spending more time with your boss? You gotta set your priorities. You've gotta set we your We have priorities. just one minute left. Maybe there's a man out there or a loved one who wants to show this program to an important man in your life. What would you say to that man and would you lead us in prayer? Well, I, I, the life implication of all of this is uh, that families where the man is not the prophet, priest, and king will, and here's the operative word, will suffer from a lack of spiritual development. That family will suffer. And where you are that man, it'll, you will really, really be blessing your family. Lord, right now, I just come before you and I thank you for this opportunity to share. And I pray that there's not a man in the sound of my voice right now that would not take away those one or two precious nuggets that you intend just for them. 
I pray that you would bless them and bless their families richly. And it's in Jesus' name that we offer this prayer. Amen. Amen. On tomorrow's show, we'll have more with Vince Dacchioli. We're talking about men and family relationships. You don't wanna miss that. Our website is PrayInJesusName.org. If you need prayer, call us right now at 866-Obey-God. We'll see you next time. Today, I wanna to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Would you sign that petition with me? Let's take action today. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now at 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.